you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, June 12th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, the perfect guest for another session of TA Summer School, because if he wasn't a 12-year NFL O-lineman with the Colts and the Cowboys and the Bills and the Eagles, or as Merrill Reese would say, the Eagles, if he hadn't been that... I reckon he'd have been a tenured professor at some fancy liberal arts college in the Northeast and likely would have eventually followed the son to, oh, I don't know, the University of Florida, maybe a smaller school like Rollins or Flagler, because this man is everything that the very best teachers are. He's highly competent. He's naturally collaborative, and he is irrepressibly curious. He's always learning. And as he does, he is always teaching. A good thing for us, you'll know why in a moment. He's the star of Baldy's Breakdowns, which stands to reason because he is Baldy. He's Brian Baldinger. Welcome back to the pod, my friend. Thank you, Andrew. It's good to be with you. And uh, that introduction was, uh, you know, felt like it was Oscar award winning. I appreciate that. Did you ever consider going into teaching? You really are such a teacher at heart. I like teaching. There's all different, you know, methods and ways to do it. You could be in front of a, you know, a student body and do it that way. But I, I feel like the game of football should be taught and needs to be taught on a lot of different levels. And I enjoy doing that. You teach it better than anyone I know. That is not overstatement. That is fact. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. And on today's show, Baldy is working his way around the NFL map lately. And he is reporting back what he is seeing out there. He'll hit us up with fascinating reports on how Aaron Rodgers is coming along with the Jets. How the biggest perceived weakness for the Giants, that wide receiver core, may now actually be one of the best units the G-Men have. We will hear Baldy's story about Tua versus air and why it tells us everything we need to know about Mike McDaniel. And we'll hear a story about a top 10 draft pick who did more than break a sweat. He broke a sled, a blocking sled, like seriously, for real. And of course, class is in session at TA Summer School. That's coming up. But first, this. One-handed catch for a touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my goodness. He stabbed that out of the air with his left hand. First topic, DeAndre Hopkins, nicknamed Nuke. By his mother, incidentally. Not because of the energy that he had that was nuclear in nature. No, nice try. After the specific type of pacifier that baby DeAndre preferred. It was called Nuke, N-U-K. Baldy, there is an increasingly popular narrative about this man, five days removed from his 31st birthday, that he has lost a step. A Hopkins fan took to Twitter to disavow anyone who thinks that, posting some rather impressive Hopkins stats, recent stats, mind you, to which Nuke playfully tweeted back, shh, I'm old and I can't get open. Baldy, you watch more film than anyone. Do you see a player on tape that has lost a step? I don't. I don't, you know, last year uh, he was suspended for the first six games. And so he didn't, you know, he wasn't 
around the team. Kyler got hurt. The numbers went down. But, you know, he's got every trick in the book to get open, to beat man coverage. Because ultimately, Andrew, if you can't beat man coverage, then you've lost a step where you're really not going to be a very good player. But I feel like he can still beat man coverage. And then when he recognizes the combination and the brackets and the zones that are designed to limit him, he recognizes it as quick as anybody. And so nobody plays just pure straight man all the time, every game. And so he sees the combination and he just knows how to attack that, understanding that he's going to get a lot of double teams the way the great ones do. And he knows how to beat those. And I feel he still has a lot of game left and he's always going to be big. I mean, big receivers, would you rather have a big power forward or a small power forward? Give me a big power forward. You know, you can just do more with it, with your length and your size. His numbers bear out the truth of what Baldy is saying, listener. When you look at what he did from 2013 to 2019 with the Texans, and then compare that to what he did from 2020 to 22 with the Cardinals, his receptions per game actually went up a little bit in Arizona, but the numbers are similar. The receiving yards per game, very similar. Receiving touchdowns per game, exactly the same. And yards after catch per reception, exactly the same. Maybe a click up more recently. Most receiving touchdowns in the NFL since 2014. Devontae Adams firmly in front of that list. Mike Evans is second. DeAndre Hopkins is third, tied with Travis Kelsey. His stats per game include a separation number that Baldy kind of laughed off earlier today, but I throw it out there. It's a next-gen stats number. Baldy's one of those guys that knows the game better than we do, so he tends to eschew some of these stats as unimportant. But Baldy, I'm going to throw this one out there because just as an indicator, as a mere metric, it proves that his separation numbers actually have improved. He has actually improved his ability to separate in the last three years when compared to the previous six. All to say, everything that you are seeing, and thank you for sharing, is exactly what NFL teams would be getting. A player who has not lost a step is very dangerous still, and as I always joke about him, has a catch radius roughly the size of Montana. NFL teams that have been linked to Hopkins, visits scheduled with the Titans and the Patriots, Baldy, as you know, the ever-effusive Bill Belichick when asked about Hopkins as a potential signing, said, quote, I'm not going to comment on players that aren't on this team. Thank you very much, Mr. Belichick. We appreciate your always insightful answers. Also rumored to be interested in why wouldn't they be the Chiefs, the Jets and the Bills. Baldy, if you are his agent, you'd like to see him go where and why? Well, let me just address some of the numbers and metrics you put out there. I mean, I think one of the reasons why a guy like Nuke is maybe getting more separation is because you just get smarter. You know, it's just repetition. You just run routes better than you once did. Like you just keep improving. That's what the great ones do. Devontae Adams, he's still working on his releases. And so I, I feel like whether it's a release, whether it's how you lower your body weight to come out of a break, all those things, you get better at them. And so it doesn't surprise me that some of those metrics have improved. Now, look, if you put him in Kansas City, aren't I mean, they're always the the favorite to win this thing again anyways. But if you put DeAndre Hopkins there and you put that body of work anywhere on the field with Travis Kelsey and a host of other players and the way that Andy Reid likes to throw the football to begin with, I mean, they're just going to be that much more unstoppable. And everybody in the AFC West is just going to sweat a little bit more. So if he's chasing a ring, and I should think that hit at his age, he is. Obviously, he wants to get compensated with a number that is commensurate with his skills and with the market. But if he's chasing a ring, and he certainly would like to end his career on an uptick with playoff runs, deep playoff runs, and a possibility of winning it all, Kansas City is the best option. What about the Bills? What about the Jets? He'd fit in really well with the Jets. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he's never had an embarrassment of riches. If he had Alan Lazard and he had Randall Cobb and he had a young Garrett Wilson and then you had DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I don't know. He probably would have to go back into the cage just to see just what happened. Like, how did this miracle occur? But I just feel like you could put DeAndre Hopkins in Green Bay with Jordan Love and make Jordan Love better. I mean, he's going to make Josh Allen better. Now, would... Stefan Diggs like to share a stage with DeAndre Hopkins. You might have a little bit of a challenge there from Stefan Diggs, two number ones. That's a little hard to feed them both. However, if they ended up being the representative of the AFC in the Super Bowl, I don't think anybody would be too upset. 
Okay, very interesting. So the fact is, in your estimation, he's going to make any team better. Why the delay? Why don't we already know the answer to the question, where will DeAndre Hopkins apply his trade next year in the NFL? Why don't we know the answer to that already? Well, I think, you know, I think there's a financial component to it. There is the component of will he be able to fit in and in the culture? Not that he's anti-culture and he's not, uh, but you've just gone through an entire offseason with your wide receiving core, your room. You've gotten to know each other. It's going to be disrupted. I don't care you know, where he goes. There's going to be a disruption because of really the command that he brings and the fact that you have to look his way. So I just think some of those things and then, you know, the financial component is just that. And some yeah, he's not a five, him. six, eight, ten million dollar guy. He's a yeah, 19, I mean, 20 million dollar guy. You, you, you're going to have to restructure some contracts in order to get it done. But I believe it's going to get done. How many catches? How many targets does this guy get? Is he a 90 to 100 catch a year guy or is he back in the 50s and 60s? What are we looking at? No, I mean, he had 64 this year and he played nine games. games. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he's still in that 90 plus category. Translation, DeAndre Hopkins will make anybody better. You heard him name check Josh Allen and Jordan Love. He is not comparing Josh Allen to Jordan Love. What he is saying is that DeAndre Hopkins would make either quarterback better. And I think I can infer from what you're saying, Baldy, about his separation. This is a man who is always open. So find him. That's to you, NFL GMs. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with the titan of the NFL tape room, the film session phenom himself, Brian Baldinger. And let's be clear, this man doesn't just study film. For over a decade, he was on it. Baldy, take us into an NFL film session after a loss when you know that a bonehead play that you made or maybe didn't make is about to be made an example of. That can't be fun. No, I mean, you're, you're sweating. You're sweating. The, you know, first of all, the play's already been run in your head all night just reliving it, you know, whatever it was. Or it's, I mean, I'm, you know, dropping a touchdown pass that could have won a game or a penalty or any of those type of things where it affects the game. Like that's, you're not going to think about the 69 A-plus plays that you had. You're going to think about the bad play. That's what the great ones do. And so you hope that it could be a teaching moment for yourself and for everybody else in the room. No matter what status you have on the team, whether you're the lowest or whether you're the star, we've all gone through it. And we've all sweated bullets the night. And then when that play is going to come up, you just basically hold your breath. You try to get through it. And you hope that it doesn't happen again and that it's a one-time mistake. Next topic, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. 
fact, you have been spending some time, Brian Baldinger, in Florham Park, New Jersey. Any questions about Aaron Rodgers' off-season commitments have been loudly and clearly answered. Baldy, this is a man who is all in, is he not? He is. And look, I mean, he did strain a calf uh, before they really got involved with the OTA, so he's been limited quite a bit. Uh, but it doesn't hadn't stopped him from teaching. I mean, I've been out to a couple practices. I mean, he's teaching the entire practice. He's having little sessions with the receivers. He's involved with the team periods. He's in uh, Nathaniel Hackett's ear. There's Garrett Wilson with him. You have to understand here, like this is 18 years of football inside this guy's brain, who's already very, very smart, a natural teacher and wants to win. And so how quickly can he raise the boats around him, right? How quickly can he get Garrett Wilson? Can he get some of these, you know, younger players, Brees Hall, the running backs, how quickly can he get them up to speed so that they can take advantage of all of his knowledge? Any anecdotes that you can share? Can you answer that question? How quickly is he getting number 17 for gangrene Garrett Wilson up to speed? He was there when Devontae Adams broke in at a Fresno State, and it was a slow it was a slow build for Devontae. It took him two full years before he really became Devontae Adams. And so there was a lot there. Now, Devontae is bigger than Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson will never have the size Devontae has. The size does matter outside. But how you your releases, how you stack a corner, how you attack uh, the sidelines, how you uh, catch a fade route to the back shoulder, those things, and he's very good at a lot of those. But you have to see it the way Aaron is seeing it. And so you watch him in these drills, and he's drilling Garrett in a good way. Like, he wants him to be Devontae now. It, it might not happen right away, but he wants him to be Devontae Adams, the best receiver that he has played with. And there is Alan Lazard that can help, and there is Randall Cobb in talking about certain things and, and what he is seeing, because ultimately they're going to be as good as – really Aaron Rodgers' ability to teach some of the nuances of these routes. I've, I've seen him work on these arrow routes down the red zone. Devontae can run every route as good as anybody in this whole league. You know, let's, let's get Garrett Wilson up to that type of speed so that they can connect and put up double-digit touchdowns this year. Do you have every expectation that Garrett Wilson will get up to speed, will prove that he is every bit as valuable a resource for Aaron Rodgers as Devontae Adams was? Well, look, I mean, Garrett Wilson was the offensive rookie of the year. He called yes, he was. Pass. This is well, not a no-name. four touchdowns. Like, I think Garrett Wilson's got 12 in him this year. Very interesting. You know, there I you go. There's 12 touchdowns waiting to be had from Aaron Rodgers. It might be more, but he's going to have multiple multiple touchdown games, I believe. I mean, I just believe it's going to be that type of a player and that productive in this offense. Next topic, next Baldy team visit. That's the Giants, the G-Men, whose wide receiver room may be a hell of a lot better than advertised. Brian Baldinger, please explain. Well, I mean, look, last year, if you went out to a Giants training camp practice, and I don't care which one you went to, you would have thought this is the least talented team in football. And if they win four games, it'll be a good coaching job by Brian Dable. And the fact is, is that the core of guys that started the season, whether it's Cardarius, Tony, go through the list of guys. They weren't there at the end. Richie James led him in receptions last year. He's not even there anymore. You look at the wide receiver room right now, and you go, okay, just at the slot receiver positions, there's Paris Campbell. There's Wandale Robinson, who got hurt last year. There's Jamison Crowder. Um, there's Darius Slayton on the outside with a young Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. There's Isaiah Hodgins who came in midseason and really picked things up. There's Darren Waller. There's, you know, I mean, th this is a real receiving core that Daniel Jones is throwing to now where they have competition at every single position to see who's even going to dress for Sundays right now. Please finish this sentence as a way of putting a button on the Giants. I wouldn't be surprised if the 2023 New York Giants did what? Well, they were the 15th ranked offense, you know, as far as uh, points a year ago. I, I believe this team can be every bit of a top 10 offense uh, in a very difficult division this year, the way that Daniel Jones played a year ago. And, you know, we have to also think about this. Daniel Jones 
ran for more yards than any quarterback in football last year. I think a lot of people would fail that test. I think we would have thought reflexively Josh Allen, maybe Lamar, and then, of course, you would say, well, not Lamar because he missed too many games. Yeah, probably Josh Allen. But no, you're reminding us it was, in fact, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, if you you know include the postseason, he ran for more yards than anybody. He doesn't have to run for 800-plus yards this year. So that number really needs to come down to prove that this team is more balanced and that they've maybe innovated and modernized this offense that little bit more? And do you believe that that will happen from this Brian Dayball team? Yeah, I do. I do. I I think the offensive line will get another year together. They're going to be better. They're very well coached by a good offensive line coach. Evan Neal's in his second year. He'll be better. So, And Andrew Thomas is an elite player at left tackle. And they drafted a center that I think is better than any center that they had playing a year ago. So... I think they have a chance to be better, but I think ultimately you got to throw the ball to win in this league. And, you know, the points come out of the passing game. And last year they had to run a two-man game with Daniel Jones and Saquon. And that was the best way to move the ball, control the ball, play keep away with uh, a defense that was undermanned a lot of weekends. And so it was great coaching. But I think they'll be much more balanced. They'll be able to throw it a lot better this year. And um, I think – We'll see that Daniel Jones probably is going to be worth the money that they spent on that contract this year. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today is Brian Baldinger. We were just talking about the New York Giants. Let's stay in the NFC East. Next topic, O-line. Next team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Brian Baldinger, you told us earlier today about what you are seeing on the left side of the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line that should have every opponent on the Eagles schedule this year terrified. Please explain. Well, I mean, Landon Dickerson and Jordan Malata manned the left side of the Eagles offensive line. I don't think there's a bigger left side. Malata is 380-plus. Landon Dickerson is 335, 340-plus. So that's what? That's, that's over 700 pounds of man 700 there. 700 pounds. But they also are big bodies that move big bodies. They move the line of scrimmage. You go back and watch them against the 49ers NFC Championship game. I mean, they're moving big bodies on that left side. But not just that. I mean, they literally are each other's best friends. They are. Jordan Malata was the best man in Lana Dickerson's wedding. Lana Dickerson will be in Jordan Malata's wedding at the end of this month. They walk off the field together. They go eat together. They spend their waking moments together. Like, they're just unified. They're joined at the hip. They like each other. You know, I mean, this is what the brotherhood is all about. You know, obviously, I had Kelsey and Yelly. And, and Lane Johnson in the coach there, you know. And so it is a core at its core, which is as good as anybody in this business. And if you look at that with the stable of running backs that they have acquired this offseason, you know, whether it's Rashad Penny or DeAndre Swift or the holdovers of Boston Scott and Kenneth Gable, and you add in Jalen Hurts and his running ability, those guys, they can break your sword on Sundays with what they're capable of doing up front. You spent a dozen years of your life on an NFL offensive line. Does that kind of chemistry, that kind of shorthand, that inherent fellowship, the fact that they actually like each other, does that matter? Does that make you a more formidable opponent? Yes and yes. The short answer is yes and yes it does on every level, whether it's communication, whether it's playing just understanding what each other is doing because you've discussed it, you've talked about it, you got your butts reamed by the offensive line coach on Mondays together. It is the foundation to every good football team and winning football team. So when we talk, listener, about building chemistry and about the importance of chemistry, try not to glaze over because listen to what Brian Baldinger is saying. It's real Teams who don't have it suffer for its absence. Teams who do have it succeed because of it. Chemistry matters. I hated chemistry in school, Brian Baldinger. I hated it. It was my worst subject ever story to come. You mentioned Jalen Hurts' running ability, but you said something earlier today about his passing ability. Give us a scouting report on Jalen Hurts, the passer, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard you say earlier today that a couple of years ago you would have thought, this is a Brian Baldinger quote, at him, not me, you would have thought that Jalen Hurts was left-handed and blind. <gasps> And now, well, a rather different look. Yeah, look, I mean, we'll just talk about a player whose arc is still climbing 
at a steep angle right now. And yes, I said that a couple of years ago because I've, I didn't know that he could become this type of a passer where you could throw the ball with touch. I thought at some point last year that he was the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. And I remember Troy Aikman didn't come in as a Hall of Fame player. He was one in 15. He struggled. People questioned. They drafted Steve Walsh the next year in the supplemental draft in the first round. He didn't take it well. Um, he was being challenged by Jimmy Johnson. But Troy Aikman said the last thing to really develop for him, now everybody's different, was the deep ball. Getting it down the field to Michael Irvin, you know, and dropping it in the bucket and finding those angles. And A.J. Brown opened that window for jail. Now, can he throw the dig across the middle of the field? Can he throw the back shoulder fade to Devontae Smith like he did in the championship game against San Francisco? Can he, under duress, with somebody coming right down the gun barrel at him, bend it around the oak tree and fit it in? Like, I'm seeing that type of those type of throws so the answer to and, all of those questions for jalen hurts is yes yes dick sirianni said that he, even he said it this week and i don't think it was just hyperbole like he said this guy might be the most coachable player i've ever been around and honestly that's all jalen wants he's the son of a coach his dad coached his high school team and at a, in houston like he's the son of a he wants to be coached the way the 53rd guy on the team who's struggling to make the team is coached he doesn't care if he gets called out in the meeting. Doesn't care if there's a blow up on the sideline and how he changed the play, why he changed the play, and why the coach said that's not the – he wants to be coached hard. And not you can't say that about every quarterback in his league because he wants to go places that only I think he believes he can go. Kyler Murray, I hope you're listening. You saw something else or heard about something else at Eagles camp that I found – Fascinating. I laughed out loud in the meeting. Listener, you hear all the time the phrase breaking a sweat. We talk about it with athletes. We talk about it with horses. Brian Baldinger had a story earlier today about a player who didn't just break a sweat at Eagles OTA. He broke a sled? A blocking sled? Please tell me that this is hyperbole, or are you saying this is real? If so, who was it? What happened? Jalen Carter. Jalen really? Carter, the first round pick, the University of Georgia. Maybe the most talented player. We'll see if he's the best player. But talent-wise, hard to dispute his power, his ability to move big people throughout his career at Georgia. But he broke a blocking sled. Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> you, you know listen, you've spent a lot of time on blocking sleds. Uh, how do you do that? How did, How's I, that I done? I my eyeballs didn't see it. I just heard it and got it verified that Jalen Carter broke a sled. These crowders, <laughs> one-man sleds, two-man sleds, you hit these things. And you want to just pop it. You want to pop it and you want to, you know, you want to lift it. And, you know, he did it with such power that when the sled hit the ground, it broke. He broke the sled. Uh, I, you know, it's just one of those things that maybe if Jalen Carter's career takes off, it's just one of those things, it'll be folklore, you know, and then you'll start hearing more things about what he just did. And so I think if you're an Eagle fan and they're in full pads, and Jalen Carter is going up against Jordan Malati. He's going up against Landon Dickerson. You might want to hear the thunder that roars when those two big bodies go at each other. Okay, you're going to have to, first of all, we're going to hold you to that. You said it. We're going to have you report back on just what that sound is. You'll be able to yes. describe it perfectly. Translation, if you are, oh, I don't know, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, you too, Sam Howell, watch out. Next topic, Tua versus O2 versus oxygen versus air, baby. Brian Baldinger, you saw something in Miami that I found very, very interesting. Please share for us the 20 minutes of repetition, Tua versus air. What do you mean? Well, I was in the soupy conditions of uh, Miami Gardens, Florida, the home of the Miami Dolphins training camp. For Wednesday's OTA, it was soupy. And there's Tua in a drill. Like literally, it's him and Mike White rotating, doing nothing but bootlegs right and bootlegs left against some level of, you know, a defensive end coming at him and throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill off the bootleg. And they did it for 20 straight minutes. He must have had no less than 30 straight reps, maybe 40, maybe more. And I asked Tua about it afterwards, and I'm like, like, I haven't seen that drill where a quarterback literally is bootlegging right, bootlegging left, 
over and over and over again against air. And when I asked Tua about it, you know, repetition's the mother of invention. And so Mike McDaniels is just there, just drilling the most basic of movements. And Tua was either, he's even like a little frustrated, like, okay, coach, I got this. What about the other, the fun stuff? You know, the, the Mike McDaniels, you know, fun part of the playbook. We'll get to it when we perfect the basics. And that's kind of, coaches have different sayings, they have different ways of teaching, installing. But I think it's important when people are looking at Mike McDaniel, the coach, like he's drilling the most basic plays over and over again with even a guy like Tua who's been in the leagues, been in Alabama, done the same thing, been in high school. And the basics and the fundamentals of the basics are still at the root of every one of these OTAs. You know, we keep saying it about this Miami Dolphins team. People are basically nodding their heads in agreement on this, that they are probably the fastest team in the NFL. We talk about speed kills, speed thrills. We talk about dynamism with regards to this Miami Dolphins offense. Brian Baldinger is reporting back that dynamism is only part of it. It's the details that matter the most. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Professor Brian Baldinger. Our last segment may be the best segment. Don't go anywhere because Professor Baldinger is going to help us reopen the doors to TA Summer School. Play the bell. Okay, can we get that uh, the sound of the students in the hallway? Lovely, good. Maybe a little bit of like summer school music. What would that sound like? Oh, yes, that's very nice. Good, good, good. Okay, Professor Baldinger, this entire franchise segment, this is your first appearance at TA Summer School. Thank you so much. You have graduate-level understanding, so maybe try to dumb it down for people like me. There are phrases, there is jargon, terminology, concepts in the NFL that we hear referenced a lot by guys like yourself, calling games on the radio, on the television, yes, in meetings here at NFL. And a lot of us nod because we know we probably should know what you're talking about and sometimes we go to our desk and we google it to make sure that we do know but i'd really like you to help us understand a little bit better some of the terminology i quoted you today in this morning's production meeting i wrote the following terms down and this is a great place for us to start let's start with ota and i believe that this is perfect off of your tua anecdote because there are nfl fans out there who may assume that ota organized team activities are probably the first step. So how important could they possibly be? Brian Baldinger, please tell us about the importance of OTA. Well, being on the field is really important in running team drills and installing defenses like Vic Fangio is doing in Miami and Jalen Ramsey is, is tuned in. It's a great opportunity 
to really teach situational football. You know, it, it could be a fumbled snap on a field goal and what your responsibilities are in order to resuscitate that play. It could be how to bleed the clock in the final two minutes of the game so that the other team never gets possession of the ball. It could be how to spot the ball if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you catch it in the final 30 seconds, the best way to go get that ball spotted by the umpire is, let's do it this way. By the way, Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott just spiked their phones when you said that. <laughs> well, it's just opportunities yes. to show various teaching moments. It could be your team, it could be other teams, good and bad, and then teach it in the classroom, walk through it you know, out there in special teams, during your offense, your team drills, and just re-emphasize some of these things because you don't have time during the season to really review a lot of the situational football that sometimes these games come down to. And so I think it's really important to take advantage of this time on the field and this time together to do those type of instructions. You know, you gave us the anecdote from Miami. Uh, You're telling us now about OTA. Clearly the devil is in the details. And thank you for sharing that because I don't think there is a single phase of off season that is unnecessary, that can be overlooked. To wit, I want you to explain to the listener and to me the difference between mini camp and training camp. What is different between those two phases on the NFL calendar? Well, minicamp, you know, you're not going to be in any full pads. You're not going to be in any contact. You know, you get to training camp, you're going to have contact practices. You're going to put your pads on. You're going to So the level of intensity continues to rise as we get closer to August and September. Yes. And really what you want to go from your minicamp to your training camp is you hope that in minicamp and the OTAs that you have learned enough about plays, concepts, where by the time you get to training camp, there's just less thinking. Less thinking, there's less indecision. Less indecision, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to play faster. I mean, you can run a 4-3-40, but if you're thinking about what the defense is doing to you, you're not going to play as fast. And ultimately, you want to be able to play fast, and you want to communicate well. I love going to training camp and mini camps because I can tell – a lot of times how confident a team is by how loud the team is and how loud their communication is, especially on defense. Quarterbacks, I'm used to hearing Tom Brady from three football fields away right. listening to mark out signals. But defenses, I want to hear my secondary make sure that every check gets echoed. Because if you make a mistake on the back end of your defense because of miscommunication, Somebody's going to be dancing in your end zone as a result. You talked a little bit about what you saw at Jets OTA earlier. Something in the meeting that I wrote down, you talked about X versus Z. Please explain to me the difference between the two. And I think this is specific to, is it Garrett Wilson in this case? Yeah, I mean, X is typically your receiver opposite the tight end who's on the line of scrimmage. So tight end, let's say the tight end is lined up right. This is the receiver who is left of the left tackle. Typically, if you think about the Philadelphia Eagles, um, Dallas Goddard is the right tight end. A.J. Brown is the left X receiver on the line of scrimmage. Okay, and you could have a three-by-one set, one side. There's DeAndre Hopkins. There's A.J. Brown. There's D.K. Metcalf. They're the X. They're usually bigger. They're usually isolated. They usually draw the best coverage, et cetera. Okay, now, then you could get your, you know, uh, C.D. Lambs, who could be your Z. They're in motion. They're in the slot. They're off the ball. Devontae Smith. Uh, so you typically have your X is your big physical receiver. Your Z is your move guy. Uh, your Y is your tight end. So they all have labels to them. And some guys have multiple abilities because you want to move Devontae Adams around. Why wouldn't you? Okay, so help me with my Washington commanders then. So can I assume that scary Terry McLaurin is probably normally going to be lined up at the X or will be the X, and then a guy like a Samuel or a Jahan Dotson will be the Z? Yes. Now, most teams are in 11 personnel. So 11 personnel to your glossary of terms here. One back, one tight end. 11. That means there's three wide receivers on the field. 
So, um, yes, and then you've got your third receiver usually in the, in the slot or bunch formation or some cluster or stack or whatever the, you know, whatever the formation calls for. Let's clarify right now two more terms that you threw out. The slot. The slot is where? If you have a twin set that's two receivers to one side, you have the X on the line of scrimmage, and then your slot is back off in between your tackle and your X receiver, um, somewhere in that area, off the, usually a yard off the line of scrimmage. Stack. What is the stack? Stack is a receivers where you can motion to the stack or you're going to line up behind them. And so what you want is you stack a receiver uh, situation. So literally, because- literally, and I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I'm seeing listener Baldy is holding up his hands in this Zoom call and he has one fist behind the other. So we are looking at two receivers. Let's say, let's say again, I'll just use my commanders. So out yeah. to the right, I'm looking at McLaurin is on the line of scrimmage. And now you've got somebody like a Samuel or a Do- a Dotson directly behind him as if they're in line at the bakery. Yes, and the, the anticipation is that the team is playing man coverage. And so it's impossible to really – the guy that's behind the second receiver in the stack, you almost take the cornerbacks off the ball because you don't know which way they're going to break. Now, you've got a – we call this a banjo for the defenders. So if the, one receiver goes in, it's already predetermined that the corners – one is going to take the in receiver. One's going to take the receiver that goes out or some level like that. So why anyways, banjo? Well, it's just a term. Okay, well, yeah, so. but that's what TA summer school is about. It's just a term. Do you happen to know the etymological uh, derivation? Where does that come from? Is it is it about the I strings, actually, pulling the strings? Uh, you, that, that, I don't know. Is it some reference to, you know, some Appalachian movie? Yeah, it could be the theme to deliverance, but uh, I don't <laughs> know you. exactly the derivation. It's been a, it's been around as long as I've been around football, which started in the NFL in 1982, so over 40 years. I've heard banjo, but I've never questioned just where that term came from. Isn't that interesting, listener? You start to ask learned people like Brian Baldinger to, to clarify something, and they will, in the, in the process of explaining what it is, they will use so many more terms that I need explaining. So, you know, you really, you, each time I ask a question, Brian, it's so funny, it's opening up a can of worms, and I'm chasing worms everywhere, trying to get answers to all of the words that you are using to describe the original question. It's kind of, it's fascinating. So it's a foreign language, is what it is. It is, isn't so it? It's a foreign language. And so, you know, they've always said, well, let's Let's put a microphone on the quarterback and let's listen to everything. Well, the problem is, is that everything needs to be explained. I mean, all game long. I mean, it could be, you know, bunch to stack, three to buy to one, you know, three to one, three to three by one to two by two. And you're saying all these things. And the, the viewer, the listener is going, OK, great. Well, what does this mean? Well, there's not enough time to actually explain it. Right. You know, and so it, it is truly a foreign language. You know, the, the greatest compliment anybody could say to John Madden is he simplified the game. But if he did use one of these terms, a bare front, you know, Pat Summerall could say, well, what's a bare front, John? And in 10 seconds, John Madden could explain what a bare front was. Right. And the viewer just got smarter in those 10 seconds. Well, again, you opened up the can of worms, buddy. What's a bare front? Well, and it's when you cover the interior three offensive linemen, the two guards in the center with uh, with defensive linemen. Okay, I have two more questions for you, Professor Baldinger. You're amazing. I could keep you here all day and just continue to pepper you with questions. This one is, I think it's difficult. It's difficult for my head to get around. But we always talk about technique with regards to defensive linemen. And we talk about guys who play the two technique, the three technique, the four and the five. Occasionally, you will hear zero. Occasionally, you will even hear seven or eight. Can you explain to me what these technique numbers, how I can identify who is playing these X number technique? Well, the offense is set up where everybody has a gap. So a zero technique is the nose tackle, the defense tackles lined up, head up on the center. That's a zero. A one technique is you're lining up between the center and the guard. The two technique is you're lined up, head up on the guard. The three technique is you're lined up in the gap between the guard and the tackle. The four technique is you're lined up 
on the inside eye of the offensive tackle. A five technique is your head up on the offensive tackle, on and on and on. So if there's a tight end, if you're you know on the inside eye of the tight end, you're you're all the way out to a seven technique. And so it's just a, a way to explain what position you're in as a defensive lineman with the offensive line in front of you. You made that remarkably easy to understand. Thank you so very much. My final question to you is this. You hear somebody just the other day, uh, Friday, we had Logan Ryan on the show. He was wonderful. Loved the gravelly voice more than anything. Loved the resume and love the gravitas that he brought to the show. He really is quite a learned player. And Baldy, I kept thinking about what an interesting perspective he has as a strong safety there. That POV on the field. We always get different perspectives from you guys. Your perspective as an O-lineman is fascinating, and I genuinely believe that you guys are the smartest players in the game. I am That is proven to me time and time again when I meet NFL O-linemen. I think you guys are the geniuses uh, of these teams. The four-minute offense. We hear that phrase thrown around a lot, four-minute offense. It doesn't really mean four minutes on the nose, but it is a way of describing an approach to a specific drive. We all know what a two-minute offense is. You've got two minutes to go and you got to get in the end zone. Four-minute offense seems to have other nuances and other expectations. What are they? What is it? Well, it's, it's quite simply just this. If a team is describing a four-minute offense, first of all, the offense has the ball. You're describing the offense. And whether there's 415 or 345 or 406 left in the game your goal is to finish the game with the ball the time runs out and you finish the game with the ball the opposing offense never gets an opportunity even for one play to get the ball i have visions of josh allen sitting there forlornly on the sidelines as patrick mahomes 13 seconds left in that game led the team down the field sitting there with the lead and they did not finish the game with the ball. They left 13 seconds on the clock in that AFC Championship game with Kansas City. The reason I brought up Logan Ryan is, one, because he was such a great guest and he's such a learned person and I so enjoyed his company. But he specifically referenced, Brian, Aaron Rodgers as being one of the best, if not the best quarterbacks at running a four-minute offense. He said, I can't tell you, Andrew, how many times I watched Aaron Rodgers get the ball with a lead with seven minutes to go on the clock and the opponent never gets the ball again. So four-minute offense is just a... a a number that is chosen, but really a four-minute offense can, in fact, take five, six, seven minutes off the clock. But to your point, Baldy, which I love, it clarifies it so beautifully, the opponent doesn't get the ball back again. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you're you're finishing the game in victory formation. You're taking a knee. And the other team, you're watching any network, they're going to immediately cut to the losing coach and quarterback, and you're going to see the level of dismay. You know, they didn't get the opportunity to get the ball back. Now, four-minute offense in this construct suggests that you have a lead and you will finish in victory formation. But I assume even if you're going down to kick a game-winning field goal, a four-minute offense doesn't require you to have a lead. It is just about time management. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you could finish the game with the game-winning field goal, no time left on the clock, and it secures the victory. Okay, I lied. I do have one more question. You threw this term out in today's meeting, and I laughed out loud. Brian Baldinger, your final question for today's session of TA Summer School. Class has been in session. Professor Baldinger, we thank you so much for your time. What's a boondoggle? (laughs) (laughs) I laughed out loud. I hear that phrase. What do you mean when you say boondoggle? It usually refers to an assignment that's too good to be true. Like, for example, I... Like you being on this podcast today was a boondoggle. It's just too good to be true. You know, uh, announcing games for Fox Sports when NFL Europe was in its height and living in Amsterdam or London or Barcelona, that was a boondoggle. Oh, you lucky man. To travel, to have that type of fun, whatever was happening in Europe was staying in Europe. That was a boondoggle. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. I want to thank today's very special honored, valued, and respected guest, Brian Baldy Baldinger. Buddy, thank you so much for making time for us today, as you so often do. Yeah, my pleasure, Andrew. You bet. 
And I want to invite the listener to join us next time when we talk NFC West. We're going to talk about the uh, San Francisco 49ers, of course, the reigning NFC West champions. We're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. Can they possibly build on what they did last year, or are they due for a dip? And what about the L.A. Rams, two years removed from a Super Bowl championship? Are they back? Can they be back? Are their best players healthy? Stafford? Cooper Cup? What's the deal with the Rams? Oh, and there is a fourth team in the NFC West. Oh, yes, of course, the Arizona Cardinals. They who have recently released DeAndre Hopkins. Was that waving the white flag? Or is there a twist in the tail in the desert? We're talking NFC West next time on TA The Podcast. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.